Hi, this is the coach, Brendan Sir, with another edition of our Coaching You Basketball podcast. And I think today you're going to find one of the really terrific young coaches in basketball, Adrian Griffin, who's the assistant coach at Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Adrian's been in pro basketball with the Chicago Bulls, with the Orlando Magic, as an assistant coach to Scott Skiles, Tom Thibodeau, and now uh, serving under the guidance of Billy Donovan. This is a rising star in the business someone that you can see he's played nine years in the NBA, uh, was a terrific defender. He's a high-character guy. He's a really smart guy. Uh, he spoke at Coaching You uh, this summer. Uh, Coach Donovan had to uh, work on some of the free agent stuff with uh, OKC, and Adrian stepped in literally the day before with a day's presentation and flat out knocked the ball right out of Orlando. Uh, he is a terrific coach. He's a great man. I think you're going to really enjoy uh, hearing from him because he is going to be someone in the future of the NBA that you're going to really hear a lot about as a coach. Adrian Griffin will be with you a little later. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Really excited today for our guest, uh, Adrian Griffin, the assistant coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Adrian, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate being on here. Well, you know, uh, you know, we, we, obviously, I followed your career as a player at Seton Hall when you were when you were uh, playing there, and then, of course, uh, when you came into the CBA, I was coaching in uh, Grand Rapids at the time, and so I got a chance to see you on your the start of your journey uh, to the NBA. I wanted to talk to you about that because I think now with the advent of two-way players coming into the league, you know, you know, there's really now a little bit of a path for guys to come from so-called minor leagues and now our G League to the NBA. And, and there was a much clearer path back then in the CBA because rosters weren't as big and they weren't all filled with guaranteed contracts and stuff. But, uh, Talk about your experience having to really work hard for, you know, three or four seasons, you know, coming up, you know, playing with the Connecticut Pride and, and playing in the USBL and, you know, in the summertime and stuff. And, you know, how you just play, and then even went over to Italy, I believe, for a year, you know, to, to make yeah. it, to make it in the league, you know, talk about that journey. Well, 
for me, it was going to the CBA was a blessing in disguise. You know, in 1996 was probably one of the best drafts um, ever, in my opinion. You know, they had uh, great players in there. Um, I think Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant and all these guys, were, you know, Ray, Ray Allen. And unfortunately, I wasn't one of those guys. And, you know, when I didn't get drafted, I, I had no clue what to do. Uh, I've never heard of the uh, CBA or, or the minor leagues, um, but um, I received a call from the general manager of the uh, Connecticut Pride of the CBA team up in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, and he told me I had been drafted in the CBA, <laughs> and I said, okay. And so, um, you know, I packed my bags and went up to uh, the East Coast again, and it turned out to be the best thing for me. Um, it was a great organization, but I mean, I always tell people this story that, um, you know, a, a lot of times the NBA guys would give release or they would come down and, and work with the minor league teams to stay in shape. And this time Kevin Ollie had, uh, been released from an NBA team and, you know, he's from that, uh, the Connecticut area. Obviously he went to university of Connecticut and he would come and and work out with us. And I remember the first uh, pra- after the first practice, we went man about three hours, and it was a hard, grueling practice. And everyone is, was exhausted. And you know, uh, after practice was over, we all were ready to uh, go home. I started putting on my sweats, and you know, thinking about what I was going to do for the rest of the evening. And then all of a sudden, I hear a ball bounce, and uh, I turn around. And it's Kevin Ollie. He he proceeds to work out for another hour on his own. And so like a light bulb switch and and I thought to myself, I said, Wow, that's that's what it takes, you know. And I tell Kevin this story all the time because he, he taught me the value of hard work and, and and I thought I was working hard. Sure. But you know, he showed us all that if you really want to make it you really got to put the time and the effort in and go the extra mile. You know, your your workout and your commitment has to be uncommon. You can't just do what everybody else do. You you, you got to ramp it up a, another notch. So, you know, for the next three years, I proceeded to uh, work an hour before practice with the coach, Tyler Jones, and an hour after practice. And uh, it was actually four of us. We were kind of like the breakfast club. It was uh, myself, uh, Ira Bowen, uh, Kevin Ollie when he was with us, um, Rick Brunson, hmm. um, guys like that. And we all – and it was ironic that we all went on to uh, play in the NBA and, and play in the finals. But those guys were so committed to getting better. And that's what – the minor leagues is, is all about, you know, this G League now is about getting better. So it gives these guys a second chance and, um, you know, it, they have to take advantage of it. But it's a, it is a great platform to uh, showcase your talents. You know, when I uh, when I was at that same time, when I was then coaching Grand Rapids, I had already been coaching for 15 years in the NBA and had already won you know, a couple of championships and stuff. And now I was just had an opportunity in between jobs to find out if I could be a head coach. And I found the two years that I spent uh, coaching in that league 
were two of the very best of my life because I learned how much I didn't know and how right. good, and how good those coaches were in that league. And Tyler Jones is someone that no one ever heard of but could flat-out coach, was a terrific guy. Uh, you know, I think Trelaw then replaced him. Right. You know, you know and, and then stuff. But, you know, we had Eric Musselman in the league and, you know, we had the Panaggio and Dan and those guys and Mike Tebow and phenomenal yes. coaches in that league. And, you know, in Connecticut was the only East Coast team. Everything else was in the Midwest, and you know, eventually in, a, in good old Yakima, Washington. And uh, you know, but it was it was a great league. The players were fabulous, and I called it the League of Dreams for me. I mean, that's where that's where players' dreams were realized, and that's what that's what I I think is so was so strong about that. The camaraderie in that league was incredible. I thought with the players and also the coaches. It, it was. It definitely was a special, special league. I remember, um, you know, for three years, um, especially my last year, I had uh, we won the championship, and I was the MVP of the league, and I still didn't get a call up for an NBA team. Think so, about that. Think about you know, that. It's, it's, so I was getting a little bit, um, just. The wind was kind of getting sure. knocked out of me. I was getting a little discouraged, and you know, my you remember Gerald Oliver? Sure, what great yes, guy. great guy. <laughs> so he kept on. Um, you know, you mentioned Connecticut was the only East Coast team, so he used to keep going up to uh, Boston when Rick Pitino was the coach, and he would just tell Rick all the time and say, "Hey, we got this kid, Adrian Griffin. He he's not." you know, the fastest guy, but he's smart. You know, he, he doesn't jump the highest, but he plays hard, you know, real good player. And Rick got tired of Gerald Oliver begging him to take a look at me. So he said, why don't you just have him come try out for our summer league team? You know, and this is 1999, the year after the uh, lockout. So prior to that, I, I've never even got past the summer league uh, tryout. I've never been on a, a summer league team. Wow. So th this time I finally make the summer league team. We um, fly out to, it was uh, in Long Beach and playing the Long Beach summer league and we go eight and, and, and oh, we didn't lose one game. And then we flew back to Boston playing in Boston, had their own summer league with the East Coast team, right. Philly, New York and whatnot. And we go seven and oh. Didn't lose a game. So after the final buzzer goes off, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, uh, you did well for yourself. You know, it's probably time to look overseas. And, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, what's the next thing for, for me to do? And as I'm walking off the floor, I hear um, someone call my name. And I turn around and it's uh, Chris Wallace, the general manager. Sure. And he walks up to me. He says, hey, Adrian. Um, we got a table set up right here in the back. Um, we're going to sign you to a two-year deal. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> and he said, your your, your uh, agent's on the phone. And so I get on the phone, and I said, man, is this real? And my agent was like, if you don't hang up the phone and sign that contract before they change their mind, and <laughs> <laughs> in a blink of an eye, you know, um, my life changed, and it, it always seems that way. Like it, it just—it was a—it was just instant, but it wasn't, man. It was all those 
years of playing in those uh, USBLs and ABAs and CBAs and traveling from gym to gym and just honing my craft. So there's a special place, uh, the minor leagues, especially the G League, you know, in my heart because I know the struggle, but I also know that your dreams can true come come true if you continue to work. I'll tell you, uh, and 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 the appreciation, and I respected Kevin Ollie so much that he actually became one of my best friends, and I actually signed him when I became uh, assistant coach again with Chuck Daly in Orlando, and uh, and we've been amazing friends. But the relationships that you build with players at that level, like. That story you talk about like it's yesterday, that's the impact it had on your life. Right. And, and that goes to another thing that you found out as a coach and, and now as an assistant. Talk about the impact that you can make on players' lives with the words you say to them sometimes, the way you can make their life, memories, and also destroy them if you say the wrong things. <laughs> as a coach, you can make a, a great impact on uh, these players' lives, and uh, you and I know that the league has gotten so much younger. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I came in the league; I was 25 years old. Most, most of the my peers, when they were coming in the league, they had at least three or four years of college. Um, now these guys, you know, they're coming in with one year of experience under their belt, and you know, they need direction and. Uh, Sometimes we forget that they're people too, you know, and it's funny because, you know, we're like talking about the players and like, man, he needs to be a professional. And, and then I'm like, man, those guys have no clue. What what does that mean? Be a professional. They're, they're 19 years old. You know, they're supposed to be a sophomore in college. So the, the league is changing where, where you have to be become a very, very good teacher. Or the, no, not, yeah, or the summer before they switched three AAU teams because they didn't get enough shots. Right, now, exactly. now they're pissed off. You don't give them playing time up there, and Billy doesn't put them in the game, and they go. Exactly. And all of a sudden, they want to get traded. They, let's go to another team because I'm not getting a run here. You know, they don't know how to react to that stuff. Absolutely, you know, and they come in the league, and you know all this stuff about uh, the uh, millennials and. They don't have patience and whatnot, and that's okay. You just have to teach them patience, just like any other skill. You know, concentration is a skill, and you have to teach them how to to lock in for a little longer periods of time, and that's okay. We just have to teach them, and, and then in return, we, we learn patience ourselves as coaches, you know, and we learn, you know, better communication skills. How do you reach this new generation um, you know, obviously, you know, spending more time with them, you know, building those relationships, getting to know um, what makes them tick, you know, their likes and dislikes. And, you know, in return, like I said, it, it, it pushes us as coaches because it increases our knowledge, uh, how to communicate effectively. And uh, it's, it's a win-win situation. You know, Just you just got to find a way. That's all. Our friends at Crossover want to help you coach smarter and win more games. They'll cut and tag your game film for you, giving you back interactive shot charts, searchable clips, and advanced statistics in just 12 hours. Stop wasting time in the film room doing all that tedious prep work. Simply log in and start getting powerful analysis straight from your video. 
Even if you think you already know what these guys are all about, I suggest you take another look. Their new insights, features, create hex spin charts and shooting efficiency reports for you and your opponents. Something you're not going to get with Huddle or anybody else. Get the boys and girls teams on board and you'll both save 10%. Add on football, volleyball, lacrosse, hockey or soccer and your savings go up from there. Sign up at www.crossover.com forward slash coaching you to receive one free game. That's crossover with a K dot com slash coaching you to get one free game. You know, you put me into a, a, a mindset now of uh, the man that you're working for with uh, NOKC, uh, Billy Donovan, who's a dear friend. Uh, and Billy has a huge advantage, I think. Uh, people said, oh, man, he, he's a college coach. He doesn't, he's not going to have a clue. But what Billy has a huge, had a huge advantage of is he's used to working with kids that age. Absolutely. And he's used to working with 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. That's what he who are in a stage where they have to be done. So he's constantly working on relationships and building up relationships with young people. So he had a whole different mindset of a guy, you know, like, and, and these are friends of mine as well as yours, like Scott Skiles, who's a, you know, a grizzled pro and, and a tough guy, a good guy, and a Tibbs, another tough, good guy, you know, who, who had been in the ranks for, but had not been with college kids recruiting them. Right. So it's just a different mindset. And so I think in many ways, you know, when Sam Pressy went and got Billy, it was, uh, it was, it was brilliant uh, as usually most of the stuff Sam does is, but uh, in that he understood what Billy's strengths were. Well, I mean, you, you put the, I guess you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, Billy is one, just uh, awesome dynamic coach. But he's wonderful to work for. Um, not only is he great with the players, with the coaches, a platform to voice their opinion. And then, you know, obviously when we leave the uh, the conference room, we're, we're in it. But he's the catalyst. Um, and he's that way with the players. He, he gives the players a platform to express themselves. You know, when I came in, when when we grew up, you know, the coach was, you know, he had the power. He, he was a king. You, you never questioned him. Um, and it was about coaching. You know, now um, I think it's shifting to where you have to be able to teach. You know, a lot, a lot of players want to know why. And as a coach now, you have to have the patience to explain to them why we're doing a certain drill or, or why we're – building this type of culture and Billy is one of the best at it. And, you know, like I said, like I've been able to grow under him as well, you know, because, um, admittedly, you know, growing up in my culture, you know, you, you learn one way, you know, and that was the coach his way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And now I'm learning another approach where you, you can build that camaraderie and it's more like, a, uh, you know, it's shifting more to a partnership, where you get the players on on, blow, on board, you get them to believe and uh, buy into what you're doing without browbeating them. So um, it just makes you a better coach, you know. And so I'm grateful to to for Billy and his vision for the team, and and it shows. You know, um, last year was very challenging with every all the movement and 
everything that was going on, and he was able to keep the team together. And uh, it was, you know, that's a credit to to the organization, to Sam Presti, and to to Billy Donovan. Yeah, and 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 so hard to do, as you know, having been in the league as a player for nine years or ten years, and then as a coach. You know how hard it is to coach these guys and play with right. these guys both. And for a guy that's only in his second year of coaching in this league, and after year one, uh, oh, by the way, uh, your other all-pro player is gone. Good luck. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's how we are in the NBA. There's no forgiveness. No one cries. No one gives you an excuse. You know, just the expectation level is still there. And... There has to be an incredible mindset by everyone in the organization, everyone getting on the same page to do that. And I thought uh, that was really neat to watch, uh, again, being a friend of his, to watch from afar and to watch how well, you know, it's something that we, he and I talked about for over 10 years of him making the move to the NBA. And now to watch him do it and do it so well in the two years he's been there, to me, is just is, it's pure joy to watch. And so that's kind of neat. But what have, you know, you have an interesting thing in that, you know, you got into the league, and, and, and this is as a, I'll take my coaching hat off and I'll put my personnel hat on when I was an executive in the league. And you got in as a guy who's, uh, Definable NBA skill skills where you were excellent defender and you played very, very hard. Is that fair? Oh, fair enough. Okay. Sure. So that's how you got in the league. Now you go and you work for, you know, two great defensive coaches, I think, in, in Tibbs and Scott Skiles. Okay? Uh, and both guys, tough guys, and they play hard. Their teams play hard. A fair assessment there also? Oh, yes. Yeah, right on the money, right? Okay. Now, I now say to you, hey, what part of the game do you like to teach? Uh, defense. Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you worry at all about getting labeled as a defensive coach? Because I know you have so many good ideas on the offensive mind. And Tibbs, we used to talk about this, Tom and I, is that he initially had a lot of trouble getting a head coaching job because they always looked at Tom Thibodeau as, uh, you're the defensive coordinator for Van Gundy or for Doc Rivers. But he had so much more to offer. Is that you know? Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Um, Thibodeau was an excellent all-around coach. Period. Sure, I mean, absolutely. He could just flat-out coach. Same with uh, Scott Skiles. You mm -hmm. know, you can't win in this league on just one side of the floor. Uh, you know, obviously their strength may have been defense because they just got a lot of attention in that area. But if you go back and uh, look how we won a lot of games. Um, just because Tibbs would, his whole philosophy, you know, with ball movement, sharing the ball, quick decisions, you know, you can't compete at the highest level um, just on one side of the ball. It's just not, you know, it's not fair. It's not, of course. you know, realistic. And, um, you know, as a coach, you're, you're on the same path as a player. You know, as a player, you you want to maximize your strength and then increase areas for growth, and you want to be well-balanced, you know, because, you know, in this league, they scout you, you know, from day one. So if you're weak in, in one area, you know, they're going to exploit it. So the coaches, coaching is the same. You know, you want to be uh, well-balanced on both sides of the ball, and that just takes, you know, commitment to, to getting better. And so 
you know, I I tell you, I played nine years in the league, and um, you learn how to be effective out there. You know, I wasn't a great three point shooting shooter, but I understood spacing. I, I understood if I can get two on the ball and get off of it. You know, I, there was a I played with some great great players like Steve Nash and Dirk Nowinski, and so I learned how to cut and move off the ball. So there's a lot of things that you know I could bring from bring to the table, you know, on both sides of the ball, but you never stop growing. You know, you never stop learning. Um, right now I'm under uh, Coach Donovan. You know, he's a great all-around coach, and uh, that's the, the challenge, that's the journey to, to continue to increase in all areas. You know, uh, B- Billy's really great friends with uh, Belichick from the Patriots, and uh, one of the things that we used to discuss his visits with Belichick, and one of the things that, you know, really impressed me is Belichick was known as, you know, as a defensive, you know, coordinator in the NFL, et cetera. But what I, th- and, and I likened it to Tibbs, is that when you are a great defensive coach in the NFL, let's say, the thing that you know to be a great defensive coach is you have to know how to stop every offense in the NFL. Correct. So, so you know what offenses are hardest to stop and what give you the most problems. And I think the same is true in the NBA. To really be a great offensive coach, you have to know defense and what the best defenses in the league do. And so I, I, I just think, you know, to be a great defensive coach, you better know what the best offenses do so that you know how to gear your defense to stop it. And I think there there comes the balance for us. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have something we, we say in the, in the coaching in the coaching world that you don't reinvent the wheel, you know. There's nothing really new in the sun. I, you know, Golden State, one of the best offensive teams um, probably ever to play, uh, in tremendous talent, and you know they play small and that small ball. But I played for Nelly, and you go back mm-hmm. to that big Don Nelson, man, he was playing small ball 20, 30 years ago, you know, <laughs> and the fundamentals of the game do not change if you shoot. Uh, and you could put the ball on the floor and make a play for a teammate and attack the paint, you're going to have, you know, success. So, you know, now player development is such a huge ordeal, and and rightly so, uh, especially, you know, with the salary cap um, going back down again. Um, there's, you know, you got to be able to develop in-house. So you got to start teaching the fundamentals. You know, and I think that's why uh, Golden State, they they kind of have the advantage where they put five guys on the floor who are who are who are all skilled. They all can pass. They all can shoot. They all can uh, grab a rebound and push it up the floor and make a play for a teammate. And that's where the game is shifting again. Now, you remember when we came in? You know, you had the three out, two in. You had sure. two big power forward and a center, and uh, you know you tried to punish guys in, in the paint and, and in the post area. And that kind of style has kind of been, uh, you know, obsolete now. But now, you know, teams are playing with pace. They're spacing the floor. And now when you draft these players, you gotta, you got to be able to adapt to the game. And, and now you're putting guys on there, like, that, that can play two, three, four positions. You know, the game really is becoming positionless. 
Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. I heard an interview with uh, Daryl Morey, the great general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, the other day. And he made a great comment, uh, you know, when asked, do you build a team now to try to beat the Warriors or do you just build a team? And he fe- he said, when you're in a position where you have a team that's good enough to be in, let's say, the top three teams, four teams in the league, he feels obligated that you have to go into it with the mindset that you have to beat them. You just can't build a team like you would if you were, you know, building. I'm not going to name any names, but building a team that's going to finish with a very sub 500 record, you know, just because they just don't have the talent. And I thought that was a really interesting explanation because he said this team at Golden State, it might be one of the greatest teams in the history of basketball, in the history. But at the same time, the players on his team, James Harden, uh, is in the prime of his career. So he is obligated to James Harden to help him win a championship. And I thought it was a great point uh, about the dual responsibility. And uh, so that's why he was saying that they went out to try to get Chris Paul, you know, to up the chances of that. And I thought it was a really good thing. Uh, you know, in the influence now, you know, everyone said a year ago that, you know, when you lose Durant, you know, you're, you're, you're done. Oh, they're done. And I, and I have to give incredible kudos to my friend Sam Presti, the job that he has done, because a lot of times they, you know, they, they don't get the credit. But he is relentless in the way he goes about building teams, and I really admire that. And I think the Paul George thing is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen to go out and get a guy like that. Uh, I can imagine that your coaching staff, you know, with you and Mo. And, you know, just and, and Billy just sitting in there brainstorming about the possibilities this year with the talent and the diversity that you have in your team uh, must be fun uh, as far as planning. Well, first, you know, uh, I really wanted to commend um, the Thunder organizing and Billy. And, you know, the leadership here is just unparalleled. Um, 
we never look back. You know, we we only uh, look forward and, and, and control what we can control. So whoever's on our roster and whoever uh, isn't on our roster, that's kind of irrelevant. You know, we we focus on, you know, how can we get the guys in our locker room better? And then that's always been our goal from, from day one. And uh, obviously that with the addition of, of Paul George makes our roster better, but that's on the roster. Now we, we have to do the work. You know, the only thing that we concentrate on is the first day of training camp. Okay, how, how can we get better? Um, how can we build the, the unity and the commitment to each other to go out there and compete for, you know, 82 games? And uh, what kind of culture are we trying to build? And you always build a culture with people. You know, if you have bad people, you're going to have uh, a bad culture. If you have good people, you're going to have a good culture. And, th- and that's a credit to the leadership of the Thunder organization. They understand that simple um, concept, but it's a powerful concept. So we've always tried to get good people in our building, and it, it pays off. So you know, we're, the only thing we're looking at, like I said before, is, you know, first day of uh, training camp and uh, setting the tone for the season. Okay, so the culture is established by people. When you and Billy and and Maurice and and your staff, you know, and uh, Mark get in there the first day and you get to practice and stuff, uh, and now you're going forward with, you know, six exhibition games and you know you're going, you got four weeks to get the guys ready for this incredible journey. how do you build that? How does it go? I mean, is you know, is it talking? Is it the way you lead? Is it internal leadership by players? Is it a combination of everything? How, how do you guys build it there? It is it's definitely uh, you know a combination. You need all hands on deck. Um, you know, each guy is important. One through, I think one through seventeen now. <laughs> the entire coaching staff, right? Uh, the entire uh, management team. You know, it's it's the shared. Uh, it's a shared vision. You know, everyone has a role to play, and each role is important. And then that's why you bring uh, good people aboard because you have to depend on each other, you know, to do your job and do it at a, a high level. So when everyone's committed to the goal uh, and you're moving in the right direction, you could do something great. Uh, and I think that's the advantage that we have with the Thunder. The leadership is just so dynamic that it it just forces everyone to work together and and get along and um and it's been a, a blessing to be a part of this organization well it, it's a blessing that you came and spoke with our coaches uh, this summer coaching you your presentation on defense and basketball in general was phenomenal you have a great personality you have a great work ethic and your knowledge is outstanding and uh, i i just see greatness in uh, your future Adrian, and uh, I'm anxious to visit with you when I come to OKC this year to visit with you and Billy and the staff. And uh, and I thank you for taking time today to help, you know, a lot of coaches that are out there on that journey towards greatness and trying to maximize their future. And uh, it's really kind of you to share with them today. So thank you, my friend. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, you, you've already been uh, instrumental and my growth, and uh, and I'm so appreciative for being on coaching you. You know, that was a great experience for myself. Well, you you hit it out of the park, brother. You yeah. you were fantastic, and I thank I thank you for it. So, Adrian, thank you, and great luck this season. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Adrian Griffin. 
He's special. He's a great friend. He is he's the epitome of someone who's taken a rise all the way from the CBA all the way up. This is one tough, hard-nosed guy with great values, great leadership, a high-level character man that really knows the game. And when you watch him on the floor teach, he's off the charts. You can get his uh, video on coachingyou.tv as he was at our Orlando site. Make sure that you, uh, if you want any of the videos from any of our seasons, uh, they're available on coachingyou.tv. This year, all 25 of our uh, videos from our three clinics available for three forty nine uh twenty or twenty dollars per but to get twenty five I, I I'm a PE graduate but I know twenty five times twenty is five hundred so it's a heck of a hundred and fifty dollar fifty one dollar discount. So I think also you can go back in our archives and get any of our other years all the speakers from Orlando uh from Vegas for ninety nine dollars a year. So as I always mention, uh, you know, part of our continued learning and mastery at coaching you and helping you become uh, maximize your potential as a coach is we constantly uh, talk to you about uh, growth, development, continual learning. Uh, develop your library, your digital library. Now I have a book library, but digital library is where to go. Uh, and so I think, you know, you can really put together some great stuff and you want to be on top of your game. So uh, coachingyou.tv, till next week, the coach, Brendan Sear.